الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد تريدن we carry on with the chapter regarding the Quran. And the chapter here now says, Wasatiyatu ahlil Quran. Marra ma'ana anna khayra al-dhikr wa ajalluhu wa afdaluhu huwa al-Quran al-Karim. We have already seen, we have already studied and looked at, it's already gone by. That the best of dhikr, the best type of dhikr is, or the best and the most virtuous is the Qur'an itself. And also we spoke about the virtues of the people of Qur'an. Those who memorize it and learn it and practice it, the great virtues that they have. كما ثبت ذلك عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا ريب أن لحملة القرآن صفات جليلة ونعوتا كريمة وهي كثيرة جدا and no doubt for the carriers of the Quran there are noble characteristics great characteristics for them and there are many of them إلا أن أهم نعوتهم وأجل صفاتهم وأبرز علاماتهم التوسط والاعتدال. But from the greatest of the characteristics and the signs of the carriers of the Quran, those who have knowledge and understanding of the Quran, those who learn and memorize and practice the Quran. From the greatest of the characteristics you will see in them is their balanced and just method in affairs. Their balanced manner in the affairs. Neither falling into negligence nor falling into extremism. وَذَلِكَ بِلُزُومِ مَا جَاءَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ وَالْوُقُوفِ And that is by sticking to and staying at the boundaries of what the Qur'an has stated. That is what they do. They stick to the boundaries of what the Qur'an has stated. And as a consequence, they are then upon that middle path, the balanced way. Allah said in the Qur'an, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا فَلَمَّا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ أُمَّةَ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أُمَّةً وَسَطَاءَ إِخْيَارًا عُدُولًا خَصَّهَا بِأَكْمَلِ الشَّرَائِعِ وَأَقْوَمِ الْمَنَاهِجِ وَأَوْضَحِ الْمَذَاهِبِ سُلَّمَ مَنْشَنِينَ الْآيَةَ وَيَهْمِيْدِيُ an ummah that is upon that middle path. An ummah that is upon that middle path. And the fact that Allah made this ummah upon this middle path, then it is within it an indication that this ummah is the chosen ummah, that it is the ummah upon justice, balanced, and Allah therefore gave this ummah the most perfect of the legislations, the final legislation of the Quran and the Sunnah. And this Quran, this final revelation, then it calls to the best of the guidance calls to that which is the best of the guidance in all of the affairs as Allah mentioned inna hadha al-Qur'an 
Yehdi lillati hiya aqwam. Let this Quran it guides you to that which is more upright, that which is from the the best of the guidance. And this Quran, Allah did not reveal it to cause people misery via it. وَإِنَّمَا أَنزَلَهُ لِيَسْعَدُوا بِهِ سَعَادَةً أَبَعْدَهَا Rather, Allah revealed the Qur'an to give the people happiness, to give them joy and happiness in learning and practicing this Qur'an and the benefits they reap from that. لِيَهْتَدُوا بِهِ هِدَايَةً لَا ضَلَالَ بَعْدَهَا So that they may be guided and they will not find any misguidance after that. Allah mentioned, Taha ma anzalna alayka al litashqa illa tadhkiratan liman yakhsha tanzeelan mimman khalaqa al-arda wa samawati al-ula ar-rahmanu ala al-arsh istawa That we have not revealed this Qur'an upon you so that you may be in misery. Rather it is a reminder for those who fear uh, and a revelation uh, and from the one who created the heavens and the earth, Ar-Rahman, Allah the Most Merciful, upon his throne arose. وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ الْمُفَسِّرُونَ فِي سَبَبِ نُزُولِ هَذِهِ الْآيَاتِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَّا أَنزَلَ الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ سَأَسَلَّمْ قَامَ بِهِ هُوَ وَأَصْحَابُهُ خَيْرَ قِيَامِ فَقَالَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ مَا أَنزَلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ so when the Qur'an was revealed, the mushrikun, they began to say that this Qur'an has been revealed upon Muhammad for him to be in a state of misery. He's going to end up in badness. But then Allah revealed these ayat refuting their claims and highlighting the reality of what the Qur'an is. فَلَيْسَ الْأَمَرْ كَمَا زَعْمَهُ هَؤُلَاءِ الْمُقْتَلُونَ بَلْ مَنْ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْعِلْمُ بِوَحْيِهِ وَالْفِقْهِ so it is not like what the mushrikun were claiming. Rather, when Allah has revealed this revelation to somebody, then that is a sign of Allah wanting a great deal of good for that person. There is a great deal of goodness in that revelation. It is not to cause or bring about any sadness or misery upon a person. فَحَقِيقٌ بِحَامِلِ الْقُرْآنِ بَلْ وَبِكُلِّ مُسْلِمْ أَنْ يَقِفَ عِنْدَهُ فَيَحِلَّ حَلَالَهُ وَيُحَرِّمَ حَرَامَهُ وَيُصَدِّقَ بِأَخْبَارِهُ وَلَا يَتَجَاوَزُ لَا يَتَجَاوَزُ بِغُلُوٍ وَإِفْرَاطٍ أَوْ يَقْصِرُ عِنْهُ بِجَفَاءٍ وَتَفْرِيطٍ بَلْ يَكُونُ فِي ذَلِكَ وَسَطًا So every carrier of the Qur'an, rather every Muslim, must stop at the boundaries of the Qur'an. What is halal, he takes as halal. What is haram, he takes as haram and stays away. And he believes in all of the information given in the Qur'an. And he does not transgress beyond the boundaries of what the Qur'an has set. Neither into going above them, exaggerating extremism, neither falling short of them in negligence and uh, in not caring, but rather he is upon the middle path of implementing all of that within the boundaries of what the Qur'an has set in its halal and in its haram. Then, فَوَصَفَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم أَهْلَ الْقُرْآنِ حَقًّا وَحَمَلَتَهُ صِدْقًا الَّذِينَ يَسْتَحِقُونَ الْإِجْلَالُ الْإِكْرَامِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described the carriers of the Qur'an with these uh, noble characteristics and descriptions that they are the people who strive in implementing and practicing, learning and spreading that which is in the Qur'an. Then we move on to looking at أَفْضَلِيَّةُ الْقُرْآنِ عَلَى مُجَرَّدِ الذِّكْرِ 
the superiority of the Quran over standard remembrance. The superiority of the Quran over plain or standard remembrance besides it. Inna mulazamata dhikrillahi da'iman hiya afdalu ma shagala al-abdu bihi waqta wa sarafa fihi anfasa. Sticking to the remembrance of Allah, doing the remembrance of Allah constantly, that is the best thing a servant can busy his time with and use his breaths upon. بَعْدَ قِيَامِهِ بِثَرَائِذِ اللَّهِ الَّتِي يَفْتَرَضَهَا عَلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ And that is of course after the obligations that Allah has placed upon you. After the obligations, then the best thing a person can do is to be constantly upon the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالذِّكْرِ شَامِلٌ لِكُلِّ قَوْلٍ صَالِحٍ يُحِبُّهُ اللَّهُ وَيَرْضَاهُ مِنْ تِلَاوَةٍ لِكَلَامِ اللَّهِ أو تسبيح أو تحميد أو تكبير أو تهليل أو دعاء أو غير ذلك and ذكر as we've said before it encompasses all aspects whether it is recitation of the Quran or it is the تسبيح سبحان الله the تحميد الحمد لله the تكبير الله أكبر the تهليل لا إله إلا الله or دعاء or other than that all types of disobedience and worship it can come under the banner of dhikr. وَمَا مِنْ شَكٍّ فِي أَنَّ أَفْضَلَ هَذِي الْأَذْكَارِ وَأَجَلِّهَا وَأَعْظَمِهَا وَأَرْفَعِهَا قَدْرًا قِرَاءَةَ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ كَلَامَ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ And no doubt, the best of all of this remembrance, the best of all of this remembrance, the best of all of this dhikr, is the recitation of the Qur'an. The recitation of the Qur'an is the Greatest form of that dhikr. It is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كَمَا فِي صَحِيح مُسْلِمْ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ سَلَّمْ أَحَبُّ الْكَلَامِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَرْبَعِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ أَكْبَرِ That the most beloved of speech to Allah is four. And that is the statements, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. وفي لفظ كما في المسند للإمام أحمد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال أفضل الكلام بعد القرآن أربعة وهن من القرآن Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. That the best of statements after the Quran are four, and they are from the Qur'an anyway. They are, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. And also, Fi Sunan al-Tirmidhi, Min hadith, Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, Radiyallahu anhu, 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 in this narration it mentions that somebody who is preoccupied with the recitation of the Qur'an, he is preoccupied with the recitation of the Qur'an such that he does not make dua, then Allah says, or rather not dua but remembrance, that he is preoccupied with the recitation of the Qur'an such that he leaves other remembrance of Allah. Then Allah says, actually in that circumstance, I will give him better than those who ask. Because that is to highlight, the Quran is the greatest form of the remembrance of Allah. So if somebody is preoccupied from the other remembrances because he's busy with the Quran, then that is actually better than him being preoccupied with the other remembrances. So this highlights to you the virtue and the Superiority of the recitation of the Quran. وَلِهَذَا كَانَتِ الْقِرَاءَ وَاجِبَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ لَا يُعْدَلُ عَنْهَا إِلَّا الذِّكْرِ إِلَّا عِنْدَ الْعَجْزِ And that is why recitation of the Quran is obligatory in the prayer. 
and you cannot substitute it for anything unless there's somebody who is unable to read that, like a new Muslim, etc. Which Quran are we talking about? Al-Fatiha. That is the Quran, and it must be recited in the prayer. The Quran that must be recited in the prayer. وَهَذَا وَاضِحٌ فِي الدِّلَالَةِ عَلَىٰ أَفْضَلِيَّةِ قِرَاءَةِ الْقُرْآنِ so this is clear that reciting the Qur'an is the greatest thing. Reciting the Qur'an is the greatest form of that remembrance. Something else which highlights that recitation of the Qur'an is superior to other forms of remembrance is the fact that when reciting the Qur'an, when reciting the Mus'haf, then it requires what? It requires purification. It requires for you to be upon purification. Whereas other dhikr does not require purification. So that is something which indicates to you the superiority of the recitation of the Qur'an other, over other forms of remembrance. وَمَا لَمْ يُشْرَعْ إِلَّا عَلَى الْحَالِ الْأَكْمَلِ فَهُوَ أَفْضَلِ And something which has been legislated in a, in a superior state. Meaning, when you're upon wudu, are you in a superior state as to when you're not on wudu? Yes. This form of remembrance has been legislated to be done in the lower state or in that superior state. The Qur'an. In the superior state, therefore indicating to you the superiority of that remembrance. That it has been legislated to be done in that superior form and that superior state you are in, in purification. As opposed to the lower state when you're not in purification. So that all highlights to you the greatness of the recitation of the Qur'an. فَهَذَا كُلُّهُ يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ قِرَاءَةَ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ أَفْضَلُ مِنَ التَّسْبِيحِ وَالتَّحْمِيدِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ So this all indicates to you that the recitation of the Qur'an is superior to the other forms of remembrance. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, etc. The recitation of the Qur'an is superior to that. هَذَا مِنْ حَيْثِ الْجُمْلَةِ This is in a general sense. In the general sense, the recitation of the Qur'an is superior to that. وَإِلَّا فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ يَقْتَرِنْ بِالْعَمَلِ الْمَفْضُولِ مَا يَجْعَلُهُ أَفْضَلِ Sometimes, an action which is less superior may be done in a certain context, in a certain situation, in certain circumstances that makes that action which is typically inferior become superior. So maybe in certain circumstances those other forms of remembrance may be superior to recitation of Quran in given circumstances. But otherwise as a general thing the recitation of the Quran is superior to the other forms of the adhkar. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned وَتَحْقِيقُ ذَٰلِكَ أَنَّ الْعَمَلَ الْمَفْضُولَ قَدْ يَقْتَرِنُ بِهِ مَا يُصَيِّرُهُ أَفْضَلْ مِنْ ذَٰلِكَ وَهُوَ نَوْعَانْ أَحَدُهُمَا مَا هُوَ مَشْرُوعْ لِجَمِيعِ النَّاسِ وَالثَّانِي مَا يَخْتَلِفْ بِاخْتِلَافْ أَحْوَالِ النَّاسِ Shaykh al-Islam said that sometimes the 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 conclusion in this, the analysis of this topic, you can say in conclusion that sometimes an action that is typically inferior to others that are superior to it, certain things may be attached with it, meaning circum certain circumstances, certain situations, scenarios, that cause that action to now become superior. Certain circumstances, contexts, how, when, may cause that action to become superior. And there are two types. So it may be an action that is legislated upon everyone, or it may be 
something which differs with these situations of the people. That it's only obligatory upon someone depending on their circumstances and ability. Whereas the first type is something which is obligated upon everyone as a whole. The first type then, actions that are obligated as a whole upon the Muslims. Certain actions that are obligated as a whole upon Muslims. فَمِثْلُ أَنْ يَقْتَرِنْ إِمَّا بِزَمَانْ أَوْ مَكَانْ أَوْ عَمَلْ يَكُونُ بِهِ أَفْضَلٍ مِثْلُ مَا بَعْدَ الْفَجَرِ وَالْعَصَرِ وَنَحْوِهِمَا مِنْ أَوْقَاتِ النَّهِي عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فَإِنَّ الْقِرَاءَ وَالذِّكْرَ وَالدُّعَاءَ أَفْضَلٌ فِي هَذَا الزَّمَانِ وَكَذَلِكَ الْأَمْكِنَةُ الَّتِي نُهِيَ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فِيهَا كَالْحَمَامِ وَأَعْطَانِ الْإِبْلِ فَالذِّكْرُ وَالدُّعَاءَ فِيهَا أَفْضَلٌ وَكَذَلِكَ الْجُنُبُ الذِّكْرُ فِي حَقِّهِ أَفْضَلٌ فَإِذَا كُرِهَ الْأَفْضَلُ فِي حَالِ حُصُولِ مَفْسَدَةٍ كَانَ الْمَفْضُولُ هُنَاكَ أَفْضَلٌ بَلْ هُوَ مَشْرُوعٌ هُوَ الْمَشْرُوعُ he says, for example, after Fajr and Asr are normally prohibited times for prayer, for the Salah, for the Nawafil, it is a prohibited time normally. So in those times, clearly, remembrance would be superior to prayer. Normally, prayer is superior to remembrance. But in those times, all of a sudden now, because of the circumstance, it's a prohibited time for prayer. Therefore, doing dhikr is now the superior act of worship to be done between dhikr and prayer. Or it could be due to the place. So, for example, if a person was in uh, the stables of the camels, the stables of the camels, or uh, is in a, a place like the, the bathroom, then it's, or a person is upon a state of impurity, then of course in all of those circumstances, prayer is out. And instead what becomes superior now to do in those circumstances, dhikr, general dhikr you can do, general remembrance it could be done. So the shaykh says, shaykh al-Islam, if the superior action is not possible or disliked in certain circumstances then the inferior one now takes the superiority in that case and that one can be done in that case وَكَذَلِكَ حَالَ الرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ صَحَّ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنَّهُ قَالْ نُهِيتُ أَنَ أَقْرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ رَاكِعَنَ وَسَاجِدًا The Prophet said that it is forbidden to read the Qur'an when you're in the prayer in the ruku' or in the sujood. وَقَدْ اتَّفَقَ الْعُلَمَاءَ عَلَىٰ كِرَاهَةِ الْقِرَاءَ فِي الْرُكُوعِ وَالسُجُودِ The scholars are agreed that it is not something that you should do, recite the Qur'an in the ruku' or in the sujood. وَتَنَازَعُوا فِي بُطْوَانِ الصَّلَاةِ بِذَلِكَ عَلَىٰ قَوْلَيْنِ but then they differed. What if somebody does read the Quran in the Ruku' or in the Sujood? Is their prayer valid or does it invalidate their prayer for doing that? Valid or invalid? Valid. Invalid. Valid and invalid. Anybody else? Is the prayer okay or not? If you read the Qur'an in the Ruku' and in the Sujood, the Prophet said, not allowed to read the Qur'an in the Ruku' and the Sujood. So if you still do it, is your prayer okay or not? Yeah? No? No, but normal Qur'an. Normal Qur'an. Is that okay? So okay as well. Now invalid في مذهب أنس علي إن مذهب علي قول قديم قول جديد. He had the old statement which was that it's valid and the new statement invalid. So here he says that there are two opinions. وتنازع في بطلان الصلاة بذلك على قولين. There are these two opinions. The two opinions do exist. 
And Imam Ahmad has those two opinions mentioned in the madhab. وَذَلِكَ تَشْرِيفًا لِلْقُرْآنِ وَتَعْظِيمًا لَهُ أَنْ لَا يُقْرَأْ فِي حَالِ الْخُضُوعِ وَالذُّلِ And maybe one of the reasons why the Qur'an is not read in the ruku' and in the sujood, because in those two times, there are times when you as the servant of Allah are demonstrating your submissiveness to Allah. But the Qur'an, that is the speech of Allah. That is noble and great and raised. But in the ruku' and the sujood, you are demonstrating your lack of being raised. You are demonstrating your subservience to Allah. Your lowliness to Allah in bowing to Allah and doing sujood to Allah. So maybe that's why it doesn't become suitable to recite the Qur'an in those places. In those places, they are not places of elevation and nobility for you. You are not, well they are in terms of the obedience of course. But in terms of your Lord now, you are demonstrating your subservience to Allah. Your lowliness before your Lord. And therefore maybe that is the reason why the Qur'an with its nobility doesn't go along with you demonstrating your subservience to Allah and your lack of anything in front of your Lord. وَمَا بَعْنَعَمْ وَذَلِكَ تَشْرِيفًا وَمَا بَعْدَ التَّشَهُدْ هُوَ حَالَ الدُّعَاءَ الْمَشْرُوعَ بِفِعْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَأَمْرُهُ وَالدُّعَاءَ فِيهِ هُوَ الْأَفْضَلِ After the tashahud, in the, in the sitting, in the final sitting, now it's a time where dhikr is superior. Where dhikr is superior and that is a time of dhikr and a time of making dua. Bal huwa al-mashru' dun al-qira'a wa dhikr That is also a time where it is legislated uh, to do that dua without Qur'an or remembrance. وَكَذَلِكَ حَالَ الطَّوَافِ وَبِعَرَفَ وَمُزْدَلِفَ وَعِنْدَ رَمِيَ الْجِمَارِ الْمَشْرُوعُ هُنَاكُ وَالذِّكْرُ وَالدُّعَاءِ There are other places where the superior action is remembrance and dua, like when you're doing the stoning, like when you're doing tawaf, like when you're in arafa, in all of those places the superior action is dua and dhikr. So he's saying these are general types of worships where sometimes a certain worship that is normally inferior to something else can become the superior worship in that context of, of place and time. ثُمَّ ذَكَرَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ النَّوْعِ الثَّانِي وَهُوَ أَنْ يَكُونَ الْعَبْدَ عَاجِزًا عَنِ الْعَمَلِ الْأَفْضَلِ إِمَّا عَاجِزًا عَنْ أَصْلِهِ كَمَنْ لَا يَحْفَظَ الْقُرْآنُ وَلَا يَسْتَطِيعْ حِفْظَهُ كَالْأَعْرَابِ الَّذِي سَأَلْهُمْ أو عاجزا عن فعله على وجه الكمال مع قدرته على فعل المفضول على وجه الكمال. The second circumstance where the inferior action may become superior is in a circumstance where a person is unable to do the superior action properly, but he is able to do the inferior one properly. So now, in regards to his circumstance, the superior thing to do in that case is the Inferior action, that's the one he can do properly. He can't do the superior action properly. If he tries doing that, it's not going to be right. The, the inferior action he can do properly. So in his case, the superior action becomes the inferior one because that is the one he can do properly. That is uh, an example of something. Uh, it could be even with what we've been talking about the Qur'an. Recitation of the Qur'an is the superior action to other remembrance, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, etc. Somebody who cannot read the Qur'an at all, never learned, cannot read the Qur'an at all, but they know, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, these words. So now for them, the superior action is that they're going to do the other remembrances. Qur'an, they can't even do it, trying, can't read properly words or mixed up everything. For them now, it is superior to do the action which was typically otherwise inferior. Other remembrances, because at least they can do those properly and accurately. So that could be a, a situation where an inferior action becomes superior. But the point of all of this was to highlight that overall, overall, the best of the remembrance is the Qur'an. It is superior to the general adhkar. So this is all highlighting the importance of the Qur'an, the recitation of the Qur'an. And it's not something that should be abandoned, it's not something that should be forgotten until Ramadan comes again.
But rather a person focuses on the recitation of the Qur'an on a regular basis. Then, remember we did the introduction about dhikr, about the virtues of dhikr and the virtues of remembrance of Allah. Then we went on to the highest type of remembrance you could do, which was Qur'an. Now we move on to something else, which is a type of dhikr, you could say. It is a type of the remembrance of Allah, no doubt. And that is now seeking knowledge. Fadlu talab al-ilm. The virtues of seeking knowledge. When you're seeking knowledge, Quran, Sunnah, you're learning all about knowledge of what? Of Islam, of Allah, of the Quran, of the Sunnah. All of that knowledge is remembrance of Allah. It is all remembrance of Allah. مَا مِنْ شَكٍ فِي أَنَّ الْإِشْتِغَالِ بِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَتَحْصِيلِهِ وَمَعْرِفَةِ الْحَلَالِ وَالْحَرَامِ وَمُدَارَسَةِ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ وَتَدَبُّرَهِ وَمَعْرِفَةِ سُنَّةِ رَسُولِ سَلَّمِ وَصِيرَتِهِ وَأَخْبَارِهِ هُوَ خَيْرُ الدِّكْرِ وَأَفْضَلُ So from the best types of remembrance you can do, the best types of dhikr is studying and seeking knowledge. Seeking knowledge, learning what the halal is, what the haram is, learning the Qur'an, pondering over it, learning the sunnah, pondering over the seerah of the Prophet wasallam. All of this knowledge, it is one of the highest types of dhikr you can be doing of Allah. Because all of that knowledge, it is teaching you about your Lord and the guidance Allah sent to us. So that is one of the highest types of dhikr. Now you are learning. Dhikr isn't just sitting there as the Sufis and the people of innovation try and tell you sit in a circle and hum and sing. Dhikr isn't like that. Dhikr includes all of these different things. And one of the greatest forms of dhikr is seeking knowledge. Because all of that is a remembrance of Allah when you're learning the Quran, you're learning the Sunnah, you're learning the Halal, the Haram, the, the, the Bid'ah from the, the Shirk and the Tawheed. Everything is teaching you about your Lord and about Allah. It is all remembrance of Allah. وَهِيَ أَفْضَلْ مِنْ مَجَالِسْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ بِالتَّسْبِيحِ وَالتَّحْمِيدِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ Sitting and doing the remembrance of Allah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, etc. That is good. But sitting to seek knowledge is superior. It is a superior form of dhikr. Learning the Qur'an, the Sunnah, that remembrance of Allah through knowledge, learning the knowledge is superior to even sitting down, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha. Seeking knowledge is superior. لِأَنَّهَا دَائِرَ بَيْنَ فَرْضَ عَيْنِ أَوْ فَرْضْ كِفَايَةِ وَالذِّكْرَ الْمُجَرَّدَ تَطَوُّعْ مَحْضْ When you're seeking knowledge, you're going to learn things which are obligatory upon you. You're going to learn about the wajibat, the obligations, the, the, the fard. Things that are obligatory upon you specifically. Or things that are obligatory in the general sense. Things that are obligatory upon you. Fard ayn. Fard ayn is something that everybody has to do. What's fard ayn? What's fard ayn? Something that is upon everyone to do. Salah is fard ayn. Because everybody has to pray. Fard kifaya, what's that? Fard kifaya is as long as some Muslims do it, then that covers all of the others, even if the others didn't do it. Like what? Like janazah prayer. Janazah prayer, when somebody dies, it is a fard kifaya, meaning some Muslims, at least some Muslims, have to go and establish the janazah prayer and the burial, etc. As long as some Muslims go and establish that and do it, then that removes any sin from the, the Muslims as a whole. The obligation has been fulfilled. 
some Muslims have gone and done the rites of the janazah. The rest who didn't go, it's okay now, because at least some went and fulfilled the rites. What if nobody went to fulfill those rites of the janazah? Then all of the community would be sinners. All of the community then have sin upon them. Because nobody went to establish that obligation. Fard kifaya therefore is an obligation that if a group of the Muslims go and perform it, then it is no longer binding upon the remainder. Their sin is removed from them. The responsibility is fulfilled. Whereas fard ayn, every Muslim must go and fulfill that right by himself. Fard ayn, you cannot say a group of Muslims do it, then the rest, the sin is fallen from them. You cannot say that in fard ayn. So the prayer is fard ayn. Every Muslim must go and pray. You cannot say, well, some of them go pray, the rest of us are okay then. But in the fard kifaya, that can be done. If some people go, the rest can be excused and it's nothing upon them. So when you're learning about knowledge, you might learn about those things. As-sayam, fasting, is it fard ayn or fard kifaya? Fard kifaya. So what's your name? Ayub is going to fast in Ramadan, you go to relax. Fard kifaya. Fard kifaya means if some Muslims do it, the others don't have to do it. Fard ayn you mean then. So fasting is fard ayn. You have to do it and he has to do it. Uh, which one? Fasting in Ramadan. Okay, fasting in Ramadan. If you say it's fard kifaya, that means you're saying if some Muslims, these five here, they fast Ramadan, the rest of us don't have to do it. Is that right? All the rest are ill, that's something else. Huh? Musafir, that's something else. But what if they're not ill and they're not Musafir, then everybody has to fast. So that means it's fard ayn. That's not fard kifaya or fard ayn. Those are sunnah actions. Sunnah actions that you should do. Fasting on Mondays, fasting on Thursdays. Imagine one Monday, nobody in this mosque fasted. Then would you all be sinners? No, it's not a fard kifaya. But if there was a janazah, somebody died and nobody here came and did it for the person, then all of you would be sinners. Somebody's got to come and do it. Some people have to come and do it. So the point of this is, when you're seeking knowledge, you will learn all about what is fard ayn, what is fard kifaya, what is haram, what is halal, what is sunnah, what is bid'ah. And all of that is giving you knowledge about your religion. It is giving you knowledge of your Lord and what Allah has revealed to you and what Allah has made halal for you and haram for you. So all of that is remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, uh, but as for dhikr, as for dhikr, dhikr is always just one thing. Knowledge, when you learn knowledge, that's a type of dhikr. But when you're learning knowledge, you might learn about fard ayn, fard kifaya, obligations, etc. And sunnahs and nawafil. But when you're doing just dhikr, that is only ever just, it is just nafal act. There's no dhikr which is fard. It's not fard upon you to read the Quran. It's not fard upon you to say subhanallah. That is all supererogatory. But seeking knowledge, you're going to learn about things in there that are obligatory as well. That's why it's superior. You're learning about obligations and wajibat, etc. And you're going to be doing them and practicing them. So that type of dhikr is getting you to higher levels. Whereas normal dhikr, it's just optional, supererogatory, nafal. وَلِهَذَا فَقَدْ ثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم فِي تَفْضِيلِ الْعِلْمِ وَتَقْدِيمِهِ عَلَى الْعِبَادَةِ وتقديم العالم على العابد أنه قال and that's why it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ he told us about the superiority of the person of knowledge over the worshipper a person who seeks knowledge is superior to somebody who just worships how? 
وفضل العالم على العابد كفضل القمر ليلة البدر على سائر الكواكب The virtue of an alim upon a regular worshiper is like that of the moon when it's a full moon over the other planetary bodies. On a night when it's a full moon, you look up into the sky, there's only one thing sticking out bright over everything else. That is the moon over all of the other planetary bodies, all of the other stars, no star is going to be shinier and bigger and there in your face when you look in the sky than the moon. The other planetary bodies, the other planets, some of them shine, are they going to be anywhere near catching your eye like the moon on a full moon night? Nothing. On a full moon night, that is the object of the sky catches your attention over and above anything else. So the hadith it gives the example of the scholar over the regular worshipper, the person of knowledge over the regular worshipper, like the full moon over the other stars and planets. The other stars and planets may be twinkling, but barely anything compared to that full moon on that night. So that is the virtue of the person of knowledge, the one seeking the knowledge over and above the one who is just worshipping. وَقَدْ تَضَمَّنَ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ مَثَلًا بَدِيعًا يَتَّضِحُ مِنْ خِلَالِهِ مَدَى الْفَرْقِ بَيْنَ الْعَالِمُ الْعَابِدِ So this narration has a, a, very, uh, a very interesting, a very good, a very, a very nice example highlighting the difference between the alim, the scholar, the person of knowledge and the regular worshipper. حيث شبه صلى الله عليه وسلم العالم بالقمر ليلة البدر أي ليلة الخامس عشرة والتي فيها يكون نهاية كمال القمر وتمام نوره وشبه العابد بالكواكب وفي هذا التشبيه سر لطيف نبه عليه أهل العلم So the example given is of the scholar being like the full moon and everybody else being just like the regular stars Huge difference. And there is a very fine point to understand within this. There is a very fine point to understand within this. Al-Imam Ibn Rajab highlights it and says, وَالسِّرُّ فِي ذَلِكَ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْكَوْكَبِ ضَوْءُهُ لَا يَعْدُوا نَفْسَهُ وَأَمَّا الْقَمَرْ لَيْلَةَ الْبَدَرِ فَإِنَّ نُورَهُ يُشْرِقْ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا فَيَعُمُّهُمْ نُورُهُ فَيَسْتَضِئُونَ بِنُورِهِ وَيَهْتَدُونَ بِهِ فِي سَيْرِهِمْ وَإِنَّمَا قَالَ عَلَىٰ سَائِرِ الْكَوَاكِبِ وَلَمْ يَقُلْ عَلَىٰ سَائِرِ النُّجُومِ لِأَنَّ الْكَوَاكِبِ هِيَ الَّتِي تَسِيرُ وَلَا يُهْتَدَى بِهَا فَهِيَ بِمَنْزِلَةِ الْعَابِدِ الَّذِي نَفْعُهُ مَقْصُورٌ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ he said one of the important reasons why this example has been given is that on a full moon night, the light of the moon actually comes and lights up the earth. You actually see light outside and you got some light coming from that moon. Whereas the other stars and the planets, no matter how much they might be shining, does their light actually come and benefit upon us here? On a dark night, if Mars or Venus is sparkling, shining, will it be so much that you can actually physically see the light and, and lightening up in night here? No, but the moon, on a full moon night, you actually see proper light outside in the night. Therefore, the light of the moon, it goes beyond itself and benefits others. Whereas the light of the other stars and the planets, no matter how much they shine, it's not like we're going to get that light lighting up the night. That light is, they sparkle and they twinkle, but it's there. It doesn't go beyond them. That's the example of the person of knowledge and the one who worships. The person of knowledge learns the knowledge and then benefits himself, but also benefits other people. Like the moon, the light is upon itself, but beyond itself too. 
Whereas the worshipper who is worshipping Allah is benefiting himself, but not benefiting others. His worship, his dua, his prayer, or dua to an extent, but the prayer and the other worships, they are benefit for himself. That is his worship. Whereas the person of knowledge, his benefit will transgress out to the other people also. فَدَلَّ الْحَدِيثِ عَلَى تَفْضِيلِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى الْعِبَادَةِ تَفْضِيلًا بَيِّنًا وَثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فِي مُسْتَدْرَكِ الْحَاكِمِ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ سَعِدِ بْنِ أَبِي وَقَاصٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّهُ قَالَ فَضْلُ الْعِلْمِ أَحَبُّ إلَيَّ مِنْ فَضْلِ الْعِبَادَةِ وَخَيْرُ دِينِكُمْ الْوَرَعَ So this narration highlights to you the great virtue of knowledge over worship. And it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said that the virtue of knowledge is more beloved to me than the virtue of worship. That knowledge and seeking the knowledge and doing that in your time, that is more beloved than general worship. وَخَيْرُ دِينِكُمْ الْوَرَعْ And the best of your religion is الْوَرَعْ الْوَرَعْ meaning that you have a characteristic in you of a type of modesty or shyness that prevents you from doing things that may be halal, mubah, but you don't do those things out of your, your strictness in wanting to stick to the religion and not ever go down any routes or fall into paths of wrong. Meaning there are certain things which are mubah, but a person might not do those mubah things. He may not do them. He may purposely stay away from them to maintain and keep his religion intact, greater and stronger. Because those mubah things, they don't really benefit him. Going out, playing football, allowed or not. Allowed, a person may say, though, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to go and spend two hours doing that. I'm going to stick to other things. Maybe, maybe there could be other things which are halal, which are allowed, but the person says, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that from wara, from my uh, feeling of wanting to stick to the religion to the best of my ability. And this thing, even though it's allowed, it's, it's not something suitable or befitting. I don't really want to do it. So the point though is, the Prophet ﷺ said, the virtue of knowledge is more beloved to me than the virtue of worship. وَمِمَّا يَدُلُّ عَلَى تَفْضِيلِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى جَمِيعِ النَّوَافِلُ الْمُسْتَحَبَّاتِ بِمَا فِيهَا الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْعِلْمِ يَجْمَعْ جَمِيعَ فَضَائِ الْأَعْمَالِ الْمُتَفَرِّقَةِ Another thing which highlights to the virtue of knowledge over the virtue of general remembrance is that the general remembrance, like subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, etc., it is restricted to a few words. When you're seeking knowledge, this type of remembrance of seeking knowledge, it encompasses not just a few words, but the whole religion. Seeking knowledge, you're now going through the whole religion. So that is a greater form of remembrance of Allah than a few specific words you may sit down to recite. So that is the other reason why the scholars mention seeking knowledge is a greater form of remembrance because it is something that encompasses all of the religion. Whereas the other dhikr, it is very restricted to a few points. That is the section we're going to conclude on today. Any questions on that so far? A scholar and the people of knowledge, generally it includes the students of knowledge. A person who is studying, you're striving hard to learn the religion. Then that encompasses, you are encompassed within those narrations of knowledge and students of knowledge generally. But the alim in this context, alim, somebody who reaches a higher level of knowledge and that is testified to by other people of knowledge. How do you know the scholars? You know the scholars because other people of knowledge identify the scholars too. So the scholars are of a higher level. 
a seriously higher level in that knowledge and that will be testified by other scholars. Scholars are known by the scholars. You're supposed to read them after the prayers. You read them in the morning, but you do the dhikr in different times of the day where it's mentioned. So you can read those after the other prayers, etc. After Maghrib, all of these things are mentioned. You should carry on doing the dhikr during the day. Here the question says, what happens if you don't have the English meaning of every ayah? That's not really difficult. All you have to do is get a copy of the meanings of the translations of the Qur'an by Dr. Muhsin Khan and Taqiyuddin al-Hilali. Uh, Muhsin Khan and Taqiyuddin al-Hilali, they have done a translation of the Qur'an. It is the best one in English, the only good one in English. That is the only one in English you should use for the Qur'an translation. The one which is done by Muhsin Khan and Taqiyuddin al-Hilali. That one use it for the translation in English, not any of the others. Word for word, it doesn't help in understanding. That is more for Arabic and learning. But the meanings of the translation version, that is what everybody can use for the meanings of the Quran and the meanings of the chapters. Word for word is for other aspects of knowledge and you're going to use that in a different way. But the, there's one called the meanings of the translations of the Quran. Muhsin Khan Taqiyuddin. That's the one you should get. That's the only good one in English. The only good one in English that we're aware of. Anything else? In that case, we'll conclude and carry on next week insha'Allah ta'ala. In fact, Sundays. There's a class every Sunday now too. Sundays after Isha. Now remember, every week, Saturday at 6.30, before Isha, and Sunday after Isha. Saturday before Isha, Sunday after Isha. Simple way to remember. Today after Maghrib, you're right. So after Isha, before Isha, is after Maghrib. That's correct. You're right. Huh? You have to be precise. Daqiq. You know, before Isha, what do you mean? 10 minutes before Isha, 20 minutes before Isha. But after Maghrib, khalas. After Maghrib, you come and we begin, inshallah ta'ala. He's right. For the next few weeks, it will be after Maghrib. Then eventually, when Maghrib gets late, we'll change the times. All right, we'll conclude on that for tonight then.